0: to reach your retirement dreams, and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zuma Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, happy long weekend, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment, tax, and estate planning. Add your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today we have an outstanding show planned for you today. You know, last week we talked about seven facts you need to know about your TFSA account and strategies to incorporate, you know, that TFSA account with your overall financial plan. Today I have another interesting guide that relates to your tax-free savings account. It's called estate planning for your tax-free savings account. Like, How do you put that into your overall estate plan? And then we have um, Alfred Lee's going to join us. He's an investment strategist at BMO Global Asset Management, and he's going to be talking about real interesting topics: Canadian banks, yellow for gold, and international stocks and GICs compared to covered calls. So you're going you to know, want to uh, stay tuned for that for sure to find out how you know the market's moving on all of those areas. But first. I want to talk to you about a webinar that we have. Or actually, we have two webinars coming up in July. One's on July 5th, which is going to be coming up very soon. It's this Wednesday. And uh, then there's going to be another one on July the 26th. July 5th, what I'm going to do is we're going to call it the Mid-Year Outlook. Um, and what I'll do is I'm going to get into the market. Like, our outlook is a lot different than a lot of other folks. We think things are very positive. And we've been right so far. If you've followed our calls and our notes over the, uh, since the, the beginning of this year, how we've... Uh, for, looked at, um, you know, the outlook for the overall market uh, around the world and, you know, what's happening and what sectors should be doing well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and, the, you know, how things are going to progress through the end of the year. It's going to be on um, uh, Wednesday morning, and uh, it'll be a, a webinar. So all you have to do is give Dominique a call at one eight six six. 891-2637, and you can register for that right now. Or you can just leave your uh, name and number if, if there's a ton of calls and you have to go on to voicemail. Just leave your name and your number, and Dominique will call you back and tell you how to get on. All you have to do is uh, get an email from Dominique, and uh, you'll, you'll be all set for the WebEx. Just push the green button, and you'll be uh, highlighted there in the morning. So it's going to be on July 5th, this Wednesday, coming up on uh, in the morning. So it'll be at... Um, Probably going to be at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning. She'll send you the information on that. And then July 26th is our big uh, estate planning uh, uh, virtual seminar. We have our estate trust uh, advisor there. He's going to be joining us, Manish Gus Randy from Rural Trust. He's going to be talking about choosing an executor, the duties of an executor. You know, And that, um, we talked here on the show for the last month or so on what's called agent of executor, so helping an executor out with uh, professional services. And then choosing a power of attorney. That's, that's become more and more prevalent. Today, this week, I've i had, say, 15 meetings with clients. All of them said, we feel the power of attorney is even more important than w- what's happening with the will. Because you're alive and uh, someone's making decisions on your behalf. So it's really important. So, again, the number is one 891 2637 The first one is going to be on July the 5th. And that's going to be about the market outlook for the rest of the year. Uh, and then... On July 26th, that's going to be at 11 o'clock, and that's going to be all those topics regarding estate planning and choosing an executor. Okay, so stay right there because do you have a TFSA account? I'm going to talk about how you should set it up in terms of estate planning. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. Do you have a TFSA account? If you listened to last week's show, uh, you'll know that we there were rules and restrictions that you have to know about, and we talked about seven of them, where you could have some you know real lost opportunities or even penalties inside of that TFSA account if you didn't understand them. Today, what I want to do is talk about estate planning for your tax-free savings account. So that where estate planning comes in is choosing a beneficiary. So when you're doing estate planning, what you want is... Wherever you have an opportunity to pick a beneficiary or a successor annuitant, in those cases you want to choose that because it avoids going into the will and that way it avoids probate. So that's what estate planning is all about. Getting the money to your beneficiaries and and uh, those who you want them, the, your assets to go to with the least amount of tax and costs um, that are out there. So that's, that's the idea and that's the essence of estate planning. So um, what are the types of um, beneficiaries you can have for... Uh, A TFSA. Well, you could have two actually. One's called a successor holder, and the other one's a beneficiary. The successor holder has to be a spouse. Whatever the definition in uh, you know legal is for a spouse. And that's family law, and it could be, uh, common law, different types of, uh, situation there, of course. So you could choose them as successor holder. And I'm going to get into it in a minute why successor holder is the best way to do it. You could also have them as a basic beneficiary, your spouse, you could do that. You could have your children as beneficiaries. You could have third parties as beneficiaries, whoever you wanted to choose. Or you could have, uh, you could name a, a registered charity. Um, so those are all the different ways to do it. Now the successor holder is, is really important, um, because what happens is, when you have a successor holder and a person passes away, it goes directly into that successor holder's account. So, I had an example: a client passed away um, a month ago, and they both had, uh, and their uh, both spouses had one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in their tax-free savings accounts. Okay, so they put in all the money up to date. They've accumulated growth there in terms of 160. But now the surviving, because we chose successor holder, what happened was all of the 160,000 from the the spouse that passed away went into the other spouses tax-free. So that spouse is uh, still only 80 years old, now has $325,000 approximately in her uh, tax-free savings account. So they can hold all that. Now you can see lots of uh, potential here because now you have... Three hundred and twenty thousand um, uh, dollars, growing tax free for her and uh, her estate down the line. So it's important um, that you name. Again, it's called successor holder over beneficiary. So, what happens at to your to your TFSA when you pass away? That's the big question, right? So when you when you pass away, tax free savings account um, basically um, closes, uh, and it would go to a beneficiary. Now, when you goes to the beneficiary or if it goes to the successor holder, if you have them named, it can go in kind. So you could pick up all the stocks and bonds and mutual funds and everything in there and it just transfers over to the other person. Now, if you designate as a, as a beneficiary, what happens is it gets caught up in the estate. And what could happen is, uh, and if you named a third party or if you named um, uh, children, and it, it could get caught up in the estate. And what could happen is if the estate is dragged on, And I'll tell you an example that can happen. And what happened during this period is, say the the tax-free savings account was $100,000. Now it takes two years for the estate to be uh, closed. So now, as that moves over through the estate, that uh, TFSA made $20,000. What happens is, that $20,000 during that process is taxable to the person that's going to inherit that money or that it's actually taxable to the estate and that, you know, later on it'll be taxable towards the person or the, or the people that are the charity that's going to be uh, getting those uh, monies. Whereas if it goes through successor holder, it's going to go direct uh, as soon as death happens and goes directly into that account. So it's not going to go through that process. Do you see the difference there? It's just the timing of that. The other part of the coin is, you know, CRA is not going to allow you say for instance, that account, you know, uh, the beneficiary uh, was supposed to get 100000 but by the time the estate was uh, uh, cleaned up, it was ninety. You don't get a taxable loss on that. So they take it one side and charge you tax on one side, but they don't give it back to you the other way. One um, other areas that could be, uh, you know, part of the uh, uh, process here would be designating a non-resident as a beneficiary. So if you do that, um, what happens is, And the date of death, what's going to be happening is there's going to be withholding tax to that non-resident. So you really don't want to name a non-resident there. You can designate a charity as a beneficiary. That's something that you can do. You can name it right on the uh, um, uh, tax-free savings account. And then your estate would get a a tax slip uh, for the fair market value of the tax-free savings account at the time of that donation. If no beneficiary is named, what happens? Well, it becomes part of your estate. And it's going to be uh, distributed to the beneficiaries by whatever the will says. So if the will says it's going to be split 10 ways and it can be split 10 ways. The thing that happens there, though, is that uh, it's going to be part of the probate process of when you're probating the will, where if you name the beneficiary or name the successor holder, it's not going to be part of the uh, uh, probate uh, process there. Um, can you make uh, contributions if you have room and the person, say, passed away and uh, uh, January, but hasn't put their tax-free savings account in. Can you do that? No, you can't do that. So that's not part of it. So you can't uh, contribute to, uh, even though you have room, you can't contribute to a tax-free savings account once uh, someone has passed away. So there's lots of things to know there. So we've put together a uh, brochure at RBC Dominion Securities, and it's called Estate Planning for Your Tax-Free Savings Account. It talks about designating um, your spouses common, and common-law partners, um, minor children, third parties, non-residents, uh, registered charities, the different types of tax-free savings accounts, uh, the taxation of the uh, tax-free savings account at death, uh, your spouse is a beneficiary compared to a successor holder, it's all explained in there, leaving property to a minor in a tax-free savings account, um, decline in the tax-free savings account after your death, what happens to that those amounts, and it's um, altogether it's about five pages, easy to read and understand, and if you'd like to get a copy, all you have to do on this show, of course, is Give Dominique a call. 1-866-891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637. It's called Estate Planning for Your Tax-Free Savings Account. And last week, if you weren't um, listening to the show and you'd like to get that handout, that's um, there's um, seven rules and regulations that we talked about in terms of the lost opportunities or even penalties you can get with a tax-free savings account. And then we have a, uh, a guide to tax-free savings accounts. So if you'd like to get all three, or if you called in last week and you got that one, and now you, you'd like to get the other one, you can call in for this one as well. So it's called Estate Planning as part of your tax-free savings account, or the seven steps to understanding uh, the tax-free savings account. Call Dominique now. Or you can call her at the end of the show. 1-866-891-2637. That's one 1-866- 866 891 Okay, you want to learn more about the Canadian banks? What about the outlook for gold or international equities? Or even should you be looking at a five year GIC or a one year GIC or covered calls that are paying over 10%? Stay right there. We have Alfred Lee from BMO Global Asset Management joining us to talk all about that. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Alfred Lees, a portfolio manager and investment strategist at BMO Global Asset Management. Hey, good morning, Alfred. Thanks for uh, joining us here today. No problem
1: at all. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, we wanted to talk to you about a variety of uh, topics here today, and uh, I'm glad you had the time to uh, come on and join us. I guess the first one is on a lot of people's minds, and I know it's in a lot of uh, you know Canadians' portfolios, is the Canadian banks. And um, you know they're really trading at a you know, basically a discount on a valuation basis. You know, why is that, and what's the outlook for the Canadian banks?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, when you look at the Canadian banks, uh, we're definitely seeing a lot of interest. So if you look at our product lineup, out of all of our ETFs, um, our Equal Weight Canadian Bank has certainly, um, you know, raised the most assets. So year-to-date, we've seen about $1.2 billion flow into the ETF. And for the most part, you know, it's been across not just uh, advisors but also institutions as well. And most of the conversations that we're, we're having, uh, to your point, they're certainly looking at the valuations. And, you know, one thing I always note is that anytime something's trading very cheap, it never comes without any hairs on it. So right now the concerns about uh, Canadian banks is that you know, the impact of higher interest rates on their um, loan portfolios. We did a deeper dive just in terms of looking at each of the big six banks and their loan portfolios. And what we noted was that when you look at the non-performing loans as a percentage of their total loan portfolios, it's less than 1%. So it ranges about, you know, between 30 basis points and 70 basis points, depending on which bank you're looking at. But, you know, also keep in mind that a lot of these Canadian banks also, over the last couple of quarters, have set aside lo- a lot of loan loss provisions. So meaning that these aren't actual losses, but these are basically just putting capital aside to prepare for losses so if losses come in less than what they've set aside that potentially could be a catalyst for uh, banks to move higher but you're certainly right in terms of valuations uh, they certainly are very cheap right now so when i'm looking at the big six canadian banks for example on a forward-looking p ratio basis it's about 9.4 times earnings uh, compare that to tsx tsx is 13.5 right now so you're getting the banks at basically a 30 percent discount to the market and also Versus their own relative historical valuations, uh, over the last 20 years, the banks have only been this cheap on two occasions: once in 2009, coming out of the Great Financial Crisis, and again in 2020 after, or you know, during the COVID lockdown. So uh, these proved to be pretty good buying opportunities. They could certainly get cheaper here, uh, but at least you're getting a dividend of about 5.1%. So I would say Canadian banks, um, you know, definitely something to put on the radar at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, all those things that you talked about, we did the same kind of work here with uh, at RBC, and uh, uh, the same numbers kind of pop through there, and sh- showing that it, it's a, it's a small number, but you got to be prepared for it, and they, they've done all the work to prepare for it. Uh, another area we wanted to ask you about, Alfred, is uh, gold. It seemed to be on a rise this year. It kind of made its way through two thousand dollars an ounce, and then it's pulled back quite a bit. Is that because you know Bitcoin has started to move back up, or is there still demand there for gold?
1: Um, I would say it's independent of Bitcoin. I think, you know, um, just interest rates kind of leveling off here. Uh, The Fed kind of, you know, for uh, a time being, did expand its balance sheet through that bank term funding program. uh, That was positive for gold as well. But overall, I would say, you know, coming into New Year, um, the expectations that the Fed was going to dial back its um, interest rates, that was positive for gold. So when you look at, you know, the U.S. dollar, I think as Canadian investors, we really – don't see a lot of the movements in the, the U.S. dollar over the last year, year and a half, just because our monetary policy has been very similar. Uh, but when you look at the U.S. dollar index, which is, you know, the U.S. dollar versus uh, trade-weighted basket of six other currencies, you definitely see more of the movement. So this year, you know, the U.S. dollar definitely lost a lot, a lot of momentum up until um, a couple of weeks ago. So I think that was positive for gold. Um, I think in the near term, just because, you know, Powell is talking about an additional uh, two rate hikes between now and the end of the year, that's probably going to be good for the U.S. dollar over the short term. But over the long term, I think there's a lot of secular reasons which should be good for gold. I mean, we hear about all this, you know, U.S. de-dollarization. We don't really believe that the U.S. dollar is going to lose its reserve currency status, you know, over the next 10, 15 years. But so the more and more talks about, you know, moving away from the U.S. dollar as the, you know, settlement currency between a lot of countries, I think that's going to weigh on the U.S. dollar over the long term. We've certainly seen a lot of uh, central bank buying uh, last year and this year already. So I think um, there's going to be a lot of interest for gold, you know, for the um, next five, ten years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I We think it's, um, there's, there's an opportunity in there. And there seems to be a big disconnect, too, when you're looking at bullion and compared to... Uh you know the common stocks that are gold, uh, gold companies, and, and there's a gap there that could be made up as well. Um, another area that we wanted to ask you about too, uh, Alfred, that you're here is that you know um, it seems like uh, one area that's uh, gaining some some more traction and uh, money starting to move is towards uh, international equities. And folks, uh, international equities would be you know stocks that would be outside of Canada and United States. So what's what's been driving that movement?
1: It's a good question. I mean, we certainly have seen a lot of uh, money flow, especially with a lot of our um, tactical asset allocation clients. Um, over the last six to eight months, we've seen, you know, money flow from, let's say, our S&P 500 ETF, uh, ZSP, uh, towards international markets, as you mentioned. So moving towards ZEA, which is our international ETF. So we've seen about a billion dollars flow stateside to international equities. And I think a big part of this was in 2022. Uh, You look at the valuation differences between the MSCI index and the S&P 500. uh, The MSCI was trading at a much deeper uh, valuation uh, compared to its historical average and on an absolute basis as well. But also just because, you know, the Fed was tightening so much over the last year, uh, you look at the composition of international stocks, they tend to be more mature companies. So they tend to be you know, shorter duration stocks that tend to be less sensitive to interest rates. Um, so I think that was a big part of that. I mean, we, you know, as I mentioned, we've certainly seen a lot of, you know, money flow from stateside to international equities. But over the last couple of weeks, once the Fed started pausing on its interest rates, and once they started get giving indication that they might slow down on their uh, monetary tightening, we started to see some of that money flow back, um, to the U.S. right now, especially with technology kind of pushing the pace at this point.
0: Yeah, for sure. You've been seeing that. Um, uh, we've got time for a, a, one more question. And what, what I wanted to ask you about here again is, um, you know, when you look at uh, and, and our clients and, and uh, you know, listeners, they, they see what's out there in terms of uh, interest rates, and you can get 5% one-year GICs. Um, so when you're looking at that, and, you know, you, you guys are probably one of the leaders there in terms of covered call ETFs. Is there still demand for cover call ETFs? And if, if there is, there one that you would say is particularly uh, timely here today?
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a good comment. I think it's uh, you know definitely reflective of uh, the times we're seeing right now. I mean, we haven't seen an overnight rate at these levels for a very long time. I mean, the Bank candidate overnight rates at four seventy five, uh, the Fed at five twenty five. Um, so when you look at money market instruments, for example, you know, you look at ZMMK, which is our money market ETF, 5.1% net yield. So, um, you know, it's natural for you know a lot of people to think, you know, what's the impact going to be on covered call ETFs, given that covered call ETFs have been popular over the last 10 years, given that uh, interest rates have been low. But surprisingly, a lot of interest. We actually wrapped up a covered call roadshow um, over the last couple of weeks across Canada, a lot of interest. Uh, We continue to see a lot of flow into covered calls as well. And I think the reason why is that when you compare it to a money market instrument, you're getting growth um, from a covered call ETFs because the underlying portfolio is still, you know, holding equities. Uh, What we have seen a lot of interest in is our uh, Canadian uh, dividend or high dividend covered call ETF, which is ticker ZWC. Um, I think the reason why people like this one is because, you know, it not only relies on the covered call to generate the additional yield. But because, you know, we're investing in dividend paying companies, even if volatility falls off, you're still getting the underlying yield from the uh, underlying dividend paying stock. So, um, you know, even though the interest rate interest rates are higher across the board, we are still seeing a lot of interest in uh, covered calls right now.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, there's great rates out there today. We're telling, you know, people that uh, we're seeing in our, our meetings and our seminars that there's You know, today with the interest rates that you're getting and with what you can get on covered calls, it's a great time to be uh, someone seeking some income, that's for sure. For sure. All right, um, Alfred, I know you're busy. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us here today. That was great information. Thanks for having me. All right, you take care. Okay, that was Alfred Lee from uh, BMO Global Asset Management. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by BMO Global Asset Management. Okay, wow, that's all the time that we have for today's shows. Don't forget to call Dominique and to, to get yourself a copy of those two guides that we have regarding your tax-free savings account or to register for our virtual seminars coming up next uh, Wednesday and the 26th. one 866 891 26 37 is the number to call. Leave your name and number, and Dominique will get back to you. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time right here at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Light. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.